Hey everybody, it's Mike Brickheim. Thanks for joining us for another iteration of the Getting to Know podcast. Today we've got a little bit of a twist in that we have our first repeat participant, Julie Chertel, our president and CEO. Julie, thanks for joining us on another Getting to Know podcast today. Thanks for having me. We're doing this a little bit different because we've already gotten to know you some. We'll continue to explore that as uh, the years pass by, but we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about where we are as a business and getting to know our new mission and vision and where we're going as a company. Now, when we were together the first time, I think I asked you something as basic as, what's it like to be the CEO? And you said, it's pretty good. (laughs) So um, is it still pretty good? Like two thirds of the year in? I think it's a really great spot to be in. And I think it's because of all of the efforts and difficult decisions and actions that we had to make in 2020 due to the pandemic and how well our team implemented and activated those that were so well positioned for 2021. So we're in a great spot as a company. I'm excited about where we're headed. How did you feel about moving into the CEO role right as the pandemic got about as bad as we could have imagined it? didn't have a chance to feel anything because we were hitting the ground running and it was, um, you know, the soil was shifting under our feet just about every day or or very quickly. So really it it kind of pulled the whole team together. So as horrible as COVID has been and is for all of us, if there's any silver lining at Nina, it helps that everybody was in the foxhole together. Everybody needed to work together to get through this in the best way possible. And it kind of rallied the team together. So there was no having to convince any part of our organization that we needed to do things differently and change things because it was so obvious by what was happening in our world. What's been the most pleasant surprise for you in your first eight months? I think how well our team has worked together during a crisis. I mean, it's a hopefully a once in a career type of event we just went through and our team could not have rallied better than everyone did. And particularly when you think about, you know, our frontline folks in the facilities and in the mills, extremely well executed to ensure that we protected the health and safety of our employees as the number one priority and continue to shift protocols and practices and PPE and how we do things. And that's where the majority of our employees are. And we've been very fortunate with how few cases of COVID that we've had in our facilities and that we haven't had, you know, significant severe illness due to due to the pandemic. What's been the most frustrating part of the last eight months for you? Other than onboarding my new HR. We've done 15 or 16 of these right now. I think people have gotten a flavor for that. Let's see. The most frustrating or challenging thing I think has been to ensure that um, we responded appropriately to the immediate need and cause of COVID and the health and safety of our employees, securing our supply chain, securing our liquidity. And at the same time, all the efforts and activities that took at the same time ensuring we know where we're headed in the future and we don't lose sight of our strategy and our vision and what we need to be and do to be successful in the future. And so all of the the connection between what we were having to do during the pandemic um, to position ourselves to emerge in a position of strength as it starts to hopefully recede soon um, has really put us in a, a great financial position of strength and in a position where we can move forward on our vision and strategy. And I think it's clear to those who've had the opportunity to talk about it too, what that is. And it gives us a clear direction of where we're headed. 
So we've begun to talk internally with a, a broader population about our refreshed values. We are beginning to talk more about mission and vision and strategy, as you've alluded to a couple times here. Why now? What's different? What should people expect to see and feel that would be different from where we were before? Yeah, I think that's a great question because Nina's been very successful in the past. However, if you looked at the past, say, three to five years, and you peeled out the acquisitions that we've made and, and bought, um, we haven't grown. We haven't grown organically. And so we're buying our growth. And that's been masking some of the underlying challenges in our markets. And when you don't grow, um, there's a really clear correlation to your valuation in the marketplace with our shareholders and investors and how they feel about investing in Nina. So the fact that we haven't grown, it's basically been zero and it's been across the board. So it's no group that can say, oh, that's the other group. That's fine paper and packaging or that's technical products. It's been pretty much flat across the board. So we have to get ourselves in a position where we can improve the growth trajectory of our business and in businesses that have stronger underlying growth dynamics. So I think if you think about Nina in thirds almost with Sean Irwin being our CEO for the first 10 years, he did a fantastic job positioning us as a premium company, getting out of some of the more commodity businesses. And then during John O'Donnell's tenure, he did a great job of helping us grow in existing categories as much as we can. And now we're at a really great pivot point to say, we have to grow in categories that we can extend into that are adjacent to our existing categories, but where we have the capabilities, we have the path to market so that we can improve our growth trajectory, both top line revenue and bottom line. You see that happening just organically or does you know thoughtful MA still come into play? MA is still a, a part of our strategy. You know, our goal is to grow our top line five percent every single year. And I just mentioned it's been flat or zero. So right now we're having to buy 5% growth. Over the next several years, that will continue to evolve. We'll still have to acquire. And I think that's a great spot to be in, but we need to acquire and we should acquire. We're very active in the M&A arena. But over time, as we buy into new markets and they have greater growth dynamics, then we have more opportunity to grow organically. So M&A becomes lesser of a part of our growth strategy. If I'm sitting in a mill or I'm a sales guy or gal out there doing their thing and we're making money, why does growth matter so much? In the most severe way to say it as a business, if you're not growing, you're dying because everybody else is going to be growing around you and our competitors are not sitting still. And for us to be successful, we have to be growing at a greater rate than our competitors because investors have options of where they can put their money. And we want them to invest behind Nina, which then fuels future growth for us. And if they have better opportunities with our competitors or other companies, then we won't get that investment and we'll continue to decline over time. And that's not a place any of us want to be in. So as you think about our future, recognizing as you've been very clear on the fact that we've got a, a lot of categories, what macro trends exist that gives you optimism for different places that we can go play and drive that growth? 
I think there's a number right now. I mean, the, the movement towards green and sustainable solutions and environmentally friendly solutions, um, that's clearly a part of our story. And with the recent pandemic, when there's health concerns, that quickly moves from concerns about your personal health to concerns about the world in which you live. And so we have great platforms to meet those health opportunities as well as the green opportunities. That's one. I think another one is we have a really strong consumer business in our fine paper and packaging group. And they are very focused on how they go to market, not just in the retailers, which are declining quite a bit in store sales for everybody, um, but online. And they've done a great job of ensuring that they're well positioned to be the choice as consumers go online to buy their paper products. So talk to us about our new mission and vision. So I think our vision is really important and powerful, and that is that we manufacture growth. And we manufacture growth for our people that work at Nina, for our customers, for our shareholders, and for our end users. And I think it's really important that we talk about the fact that we're manufacturers, we're makers of goods that are critical components of our customers' needs. And that we value that and we appreciate it. And I say this a lot because I know you make fun of me, but that we have folks in our mills that walk with swagger because there's so much value that can be created there or destroyed there. But we are a manufacturer. It's what we do best. It's at our core. And so having that as part of our vision is really important. Um, our mission, which is what we are today, we're critical components of our customers' needs, and we help them create solutions. And we have to ensure that that's the positioning we maintain, that we're typically a small part of the cost, but a really important part of their component or their end user piece. If I'm sitting out in a mill right now, I think it would be very easy to think this is a bunch of corporate stuff, and we'll print it, we'll put it on the break room wall. <laughs> like, how is this not just a bunch of corporate crap? Well, I think that's a great question. I started my career at a paper mill, so I can definitely relate to feeling like there's a corporate ivory tower and that the priorities in the mills are very clear. I think what our vision and mission and values, what they do for us is ensure that we optimize across the entire system. And as an employee, I understand no matter what position I'm in, if I'm working in accounts receivable, if I'm a rewinder operator, whatever it is, I understand our strategy enough to know how I contribute to it and how I fit into it and how I make Nina a better place for our customers because it starts with the customer. So I think that's really key no matter what role you're in in the organization. Manufacturing growth is a pretty big idea. It's a cool idea. How do you envision us actually bringing this to life and making sure it isn't just on the break room wall? I think it's up to all of us. And it's starting with it being up on the break room wall because I think learning comes from repetition and that the more we learn and live something and talk about it and act on it, it will become a part of our DNA and how we do things. And then having that roadmap or the strategy for how we get there is critical for us to get there. So we, we've talked a little bit in the past that a goal without a plan is really just a dream. And that's exactly how I feel that, you know, we have a clear roadmap and strategy for where we're going to play, what we're going to do, values are how we're going to do it. And then growth platforms that we've identified is kind of the playing field that we're going to play on. So getting real clarity in that means we know how to focus our efforts and that we don't get distracted by smaller efforts that aren't as valuable. So what are the key drivers to ensuring that we achieve our strategy and our, our overall ambition? 
That's a great question because it can still be very broad. So we've identified five strategy drivers for 2021 and beyond, but that really start in 2021. And the first one is getting to a sustainable level of safety performance and a zero culture mindset. And I think we've made a lot of progress on that this year. Our leading indicators and the engagement that we have from all of our employees definitely reflects that. The second one is implementing our NINA operating system so that we end up with 2,600 problem solvers across NINA um, and a really engaged, empowered workforce. And we've committed to $20 million of value from our NINA operating system. That's a lot. That's two margin points over the next five years. That's a great spot to be in. And we're talking about changing how we manufacture at NINA, changing how we manufacture at a 100-year-old plus manufacturing company. That's a really exciting process to be a part of. And our mills have embraced that and are starting out really strong. The third one is accelerating our growth by expanding our market reach and our capabilities into our targeted growth platforms. And we do that with organic growth as well as inorganic growth. So we've talked a little bit in the past about M&A. The fourth one is changing how we're approaching Appleton in a facility that's underutilized. It has great technologies and a great team, but expanding the reach of Appleton and using more of an outside and approach for how we lead through that. And then the last one is innovation and using innovation to implement a global standardized, harmonized process across all of our facilities so that we unlock the value that's in the different innovation areas that we have or R&D centers that we have. If I have a really strong chemist and person that's great at adhesive in one facility, but I need them over here in another facility, we're not always getting the value of that. So we're going to bring in an athlete on innovation and make sure that we give you know, him or her the opportunity to run and be successful and help us really unlock some of the value we can get from innovation. Based on Appleton being on your list, it feels like to me, while I would expect you're going to say the mission and vision and strategy don't change a whole lot over time, maybe they evolve slightly. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like perhaps strategy drivers may change from time to time. They will. So as we accomplish our our goals that we've set for each strategy driver, we'll continue to evolve and change those. And as we see new opportunities in the markets in which we compete, the strategy drivers are the game changers. Those are the things we identify as those can change the face of Nina, the value of Nina, the financial performance of Nina, the employee engagement at Nina. So those will morph over time but they'll also take us time to accomplish some of them. So if I'm listening to this and I'm hearing everything that you're talking about in terms of the new mission, vision, strategy, I want to have an impact. I want to jump in. What's your advice? What's the best way for me to have an impact? Best way to have an impact, I think, is to jump in, to make sure that you have clarity, no matter what role you're in in the organization, um, to what our strategy is, and then how you and your part of the organization fits in to support that strategy. And if you're spending time in areas that aren't aligned with our strategy, pause and stop and let's talk about why you're doing that and how we get our efforts and resources really focused on the game changers, on the strategy drivers, so that we make a lot of progress down this roadmap. How will we know it's working? That's a great question. I mean, we have leading indicators that we obviously monitor and lagging indicators that we monitor. So we're nothing if not thorough on reporting around here. And each of the strategy drivers has just those leading and lagging indicators. I review them monthly and then we review them quarterly with our board of directors. So there's real clarity for each strategy driver, what success looks like. And some of them are faster than others. I mean, innovation is not 
I'm going to go innovate on Thursday and on Friday I have results. It's going to take a journey and a process, but there's definitely leading indicators like the health of our pipeline from an innovation standpoint might be one of those. Our on-time delivery of current projects might be one of those. The value we're getting from projects. So each strategy driver has those that we'll review as a group and course correct as we need to. If you could wave your magic wand, put us a year into the future, and we are now looking back on what was something close to a perfect year, what would that look like? A perfect year is we had zero injuries in our facilities. We have a fully engaged workforce, and there is real clarity that safety above all is our priority. That's where we would start. Secondarily, we would look back and say, we've fully implemented the NINA operating system in those mills that we said we're going to, and we're seeing incremental value greater than planned drop right to our bottom line. And the NINA operating system is about value creation. It's not about cost reduction. Third thing would be, we've got a strong acquisition that we closed on that's complementary to our business that's delivering. And we're seeing organic growth by how we're extending into new categories like air filtration, for example. And then Appleton would be performing at a, at a much higher level of utilization that we have identified and qualified customers in transportation filtration, as well as new markets like evaporative cooling. And then lastly, that we have a, a very disciplined, visible, measurable innovation process that's starting to pay off for us in small ways, that we have a healthy pipeline, that we can see that coming in the future for 2022. So what are the things that perhaps keep you up that could be hurdles uh, to achieving something close to the perfect 2021? Well, clearly there's uncertainty because of COVID. And while I'm optimistic and the vaccinations are rolling out, there's a lot of market uncertainty. So that could be a hurdle. I mean, there was tremendous efforts in 2020, but they're hard to see the results of because you know, it was overridden by the impact of COVID. That's probably the biggest one. Those areas that we have under our control within the four walls of Nina, I feel like we have really strong plans behind and we execute really well. Once we have a plan and know where we're headed, we have a team throughout our organization that really knows how to execute. So it's more from a market standpoint, a competitor standpoint, those type of things. What can our employee base and our listening audience on the Getting to Know podcast, what can they expect to see to help further educate them on where we're going, what role they can play, how they get aligned? Well, we're just starting the, the cascading of here's our mission and our vision and our strategy and our values that we've talked about. So I think making sure that all of our employees get more and more comfortable with that and we start using the same words so that when we talk about vision, we all know what that means. We manufacture growth and we all know what that means and how we fit into it. And that when we talk about our strategy, we might say it in different words, but it means the same thing. We're going to extend our capabilities into new markets that are complementary to Nina and that utilize our technologies um, that are mission critical to our customers. Everybody might use a little bit different words, but they understand that and then they've worked with their manager for how they contribute to that and to be a part of it. So Julie, as we get a little bit into 2021, what are you most excited about? Well, I'm most excited 2020 is behind us. I'm excited that it feels like we're on a positive path with COVID and vaccinations and getting the health of, of everyone back to where we need it to be. Um, and probably most excited from a Nina standpoint about the position we're in and, and the team we have together 
and how aligned we are and what we need to go and do. Because as I've said before, I think we execute really well. I think once we have a plan, we know how to execute in the market and in our mills and in customer service and in every part of Nina. So having a plan and a roadmap goes a long way. Yeah, it's it's a very exciting time. So I, I know you're very busy. Thank you for taking time to rejoin us on the Getting to Know podcast. As Julie said, I think the most important thing for all of us is to, to just jump in and be a part of this stuff. Don't wait for your manager to come to you on it. If your manager hasn't come to you, go to him or her and, and figure out how you can spend your time uh, most appropriately and have the greatest impact for us. So get involved, jump in. The global calls that Julie hosts uh, happen on a quarterly basis. You can join those live. You can get a hold of the replay via the internet. Um, and as always, any ideas, thoughts, hit us up at suggestions at nina.com and we can take that into consideration and figure out different ways to get you the information that you need to have the greatest impact that you can have. Again, Julie, thanks for your time for rejoining us on the Getting to Know podcast. You can stop by anytime. We're happy to have you. Thanks, Mike. Any closing comments, thoughts as we as we get out of here? Yes, I, I just want to be sure that I don't miss the opportunity to say thank you to the entire employee population at Nina. 2020 was a year unlike any other of really difficult decisions, tough challenges, hard work, a lot of effort. And um, everyone did a great job. I mean, we improved our safety focus and culture. We established new teams. We improved our financial performance significantly from what we expected because of the efforts across our entire organization. And at the same time, improved our level of employee engagement and communications and our strategy. And it's just, it's almost mind boggling when I took the time to sit and go back and look at all that we accomplished in 2020, how much this team accomplished. And so I just want to make sure everyone hears from me. You are a part of something really monumental at Nina and you get to be a part of something really monumental as we go forward because we're changing the face of Nina and we would not be able to do that if we didn't do all the things that we accomplished in 2020. So I'm excited about the future. There's a lot to be proud of. There's a lot to be excited about. As Julie was saying, don't wait to jump in. If your manager hasn't come to you to help you understand how you can have the greatest impact, go to him or her. Join us for Julie's quarterly global calls. You can get those live. You can go to our internet and get replays. If you have ideas or suggestions on, on things that you want us to focus on, hit us up at suggestions at nina.com. And, and like I said, jump in. Thank you for your time as always. And we will catch you again on the Getting to Know podcast in two more weeks. Mm-hmm.